Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where we are going into the season preview to talk about the Houston Texans with not a special guest, but with our third amigo, Chris, with us today. What's up, Chris? Welcome back. Hey, glad to be back. It's been a couple weeks. Um, I'm back. Uh, Peter, I've joined the club. Um, <laughs> sleeping okay. Uh, not, that, not that you guys have asked. <laughs> I'm sleeping okay. Uh, that's why I'm here today. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, gosh, man, I've, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I considered waiting another week because uh, this Houston Texans team, uh, I know very little about. Um, just been doing some research today and you know, I feel like the going into it a little bit, the theme of the team, man, is just change and a lot of change. Um, new quarterback, uh, I'm sure some fans over there would be excited for, but um, a lot of unknowns for me. So it's going to be an interesting episode. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of different takes on on this Houston team. We didn't ask you because we can tell. Like I think we I know, all dude. know what sleep You're deprivation like looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it does not look like Chris Rayborg on Labor Day 2023. <laughs> That, that's been that's the vibe true. I've gone because I've seen you what twice now and and I'm like this guy you and Katie both like I'm just like they seem like they're crushing it I've never seen anyone like it <laughs> they're either put on a real good act I even asked Rachel I'm like am I crazy or they seem like really fine <laughs> she's like yeah they seem to be crushing it I was like yeah all right well the key is for me is <laughs> sleep schedules basically unchanged I know it's seriously like yeah just he's been a really good kid um sleep has been pretty pretty good um, Katie's been really nice, I guess, in taking nights and not really asking me to do too much during the night. Um, as long as I get like, you know, all of my accompanying chores done during the day, like, you know, making sure there's enough bottles and cleaning dishes cause she hates dishes. So as long as I do all that stuff, my nights are usually pretty good, but, uh, I can't speak for her cause you know, it's amazing. Like, I, I don't know how she's doing yeah. so well, but it's yeah. a rocker dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we can't really. Yeah, we can't really uh, give them a shout out because uh, you know they're not they're not sponsoring us or anything. But uh, yeah, there's a certain brand of rocker. It's a great choice. Recommend it to Alec, <laughs> and uh, it's game changer. So uh, if you guys are in the market for one, um, hit us up and we'll let you know what that is. We procured ours. Yeah, it's on its way. So good times. <laughs> All right, enough about that. But I think you're right, Chris. They got a new quarterback and. Frankly, they their whole passing offense is is new. Um, yes, they have some returning young players, but as we'll see when we talk about it, a lot of the players are completely unproven, like total rookies, or they have their rookie season stolen from them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like this whole like half of the ball game for them, you know, throwing the ball. Complete unknown. Complete unknown. It's impossible. Like I feel like sometimes we go into these episodes being like, well, you know, we don't know these teams as well. We haven't seen them as much. Blah blah blah. This team, even if we like had seen them a little bit this year, they're still so new and so, and so much to gel. I think it's reasonable to be like we're a little confused. So the fact that we have like zero actual footage of them, it makes it even harder. This is like the really hard. Like there's not any continuity really from last year. Yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, and even the the guys who are knowns. Like because of where where they you know they've played in this league before the the vet guys that they've added on this team Robert Woods um, what is he post his injury what is he p- outside of a Sean McVay offense you know we saw him in Tennessee and he was terrible okay all wide receivers are terrible in Tennessee right that doesn't really tell you anything you didn't know um, 
Dalton Schultz, there was a lot of people who thought he was going to build on his 2021 season last year in Dallas. Uh, that didn't happen. Is he going to be just a guy there, or is he going to be like this ultra target for a young quarterback? And young quarterbacks, as we know, really like to throw to the tight end. Can Schultz be that guy when he doesn't really have, you know, like a CD Lamb or or uh, Brandon Cooks around him to kind of take some of the pressure off? You know, it's there's like there's so many unknowns. It's like how can you give good analysis except just say that this is a young team that should probably get better as the season goes on. So really we're hitting them at the right time. But then at the same time, you don't want to overlook an opponent at any time as well. So it's, yeah, this is a, this is a tricky one for our first uh, preview of the year. I did some listening to the locked on Texans and it was really difficult uh, to listen to. I felt a little bad for them because it sounded like they had a lot of back of the roster decisions to make. And, you know, we talked about, assembling our 53 and while it was tough and there's a lot of guys we wanted to keep it just sounded like to me they were still trying to figure out who their guards gonna be <laughs> you know like who's our starting guard and we cut the guy we thought we were gonna use and like i'm like oh that's not good and to add insult to injury they had a bunch of injuries in the last preseason game so they lost uh, they have two greens which also made it like really kind of uh <laughs> tricky but they lost uh kenyon green their first rounder from last year to injury he's out for the year Kendrick Green from the Steelers was out all last year and didn't play too well the year before. And now is going to play for them at uh, some position. It also seemed confusing. They were like, maybe he'll be center, maybe he'll be guard. So I thought that was a little confusing. And yeah, they like also lost their rookie Juice Scruggs to an injury. So what they tried to do was have a good offensive line. They still have some good pieces, but a lot of pieces fell apart. And now I think this is going to be an area where guys like Travis Jones could could feast. What's even more frustrating for the Texans is, um, you know, I, I was doing my deep dive on the Texans this morning because, like everyone listening, I knew nothing about the Texans. And <laughs> there's this article from ESPN is showing that the Texans going into this, this draft – they knew they were going to take a quarterback. They probably knew it was Stroud at that point. They probably they probably knew that the Carolina was taking Bryce Young. Um, they wanted to avoid the mistakes that they had made with David Carr all the way back in 2002 and, and Deshaun Watson, which is basically feeding them to the Wolves and having a, a, a subway turnstile as your offensive line. And they invested. They invested for this season $118 million in guaranteed money to the offensive line which is the most that any team has done in an offseason since the Eagles three years ago. And yet we're looking at these players that they invested in. So Tunsil, they extended. Tunsil, he's healthy right now. Um, He's obviously the key to their their offensive line. Ravens fans remember Tunsil. He was the guy that we were expecting to draft in 2016 and then that video came out Stanley was was drafted who knows if we actually would have drafted Tunsil or not we know that's long gone both players have had incredible careers in this league um, but then yeah you're talking about Juice Scrubs they traded with the Eagles to draft him and then they went out and signed Shaq Mason from the Bucks. now he is still healthy he's still healthy so he should be playing but but then yeah they also went out and they extended their right tackle, Titus Howard. Now, 
could he come back soon? He could, but he's questionable for this game with a hand injury. They're hobbled though, and it, what's really frustrating on their end is they did the thing that you're supposed that everyone says. You know, everyone criticizes these franchises who are going out and they're bottom feeders, and they go and they get the star quarterback. And there's always the 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 uh, critique of like, yeah, you got the star quarterback, but you're you're destroying him with your offensive line. You're not protecting him. They went and they tried to do the good thing, the correct thing, and it might not work out just because of this huge bout of injuries that they're already experiencing here. That's which is just, just sucks for them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's in some ways it's, it's, you know, kind of like a worse situation. You know, you mentioned about just kind of throwing all this money into the offensive line and, and not having a good outcome. It was almost like that. I think with the first half of the, the Bengals last year, right. Is that they were having so many issues with their offensive line after spending so much money to acquire all these pieces um, you know, but fortunately for them, they were able to like actually get some games under their belts and gel together and everyone was healthy. So near the end of the season, like you could see the dividends paying off, but for, uh, for, yeah, for the Houston, just, you know, just a, a sheer bout of, 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 you know, dumb luck really of, uh, you know, that, uh, that they're not able to, to be healthy and playing together. So it's going to happen, right? I mean, the NFL is just <laughs> fortunately like that. I mean, as Ravens fans, we know that there are years that are just completely sapped due to injury. And, uh, you know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you think you have the right moves and, you know, everything looks good on paper and then it just, it doesn't turn out that way. So not their fault. You know, I think that there there still are reasons, I think, to be excited about this team, right? I think, uh, you know, one thing we didn't really talk about at the top, um, you know, in addition to having uh, C.J. Stroud as a rookie quarterback, they're also pairing him with a rookie head coach and D'Amico Ryan. Um, so he was defensive coordinator coming over from the 49ers. Um, obviously, you know, those are very good defense uh, over the last couple of years. Um, really wasn't that much of a drop off, in my opinion, from Robert Sala over to uh, to Ryan's. Um, you know, tenure as defensive coordinator. So, and, uh, you know, he's also a player. He played for Houston for like eight, nine years. So very familiar with the franchise and, uh, you know, was able to come back as a head coach. So, you know, obviously, you know, we've seen this many times before, you know, first time head coaches, um, they bring in the culture, uh, they bring in the right culture rather. Um, you know, you can have success even with guys who you might look at a roster, you're like, eh, maybe, you know, not the best group of guys. Um, you bring in the right culture, you get people to buy in, I think, um, you know, even through injuries and stuff, as long as you can kind of, you know, keep the guys rallied and keep them focused, you can get some good outcomes even with the, you know, players uh, that you have. So kind of like what we said at the top, you know, <laughs> it's a big question mark. You know, obviously it's, it doesn't look good for them, but, uh, uh, you know, on the other side with the Ravens, like they have a lot of question marks on the defensive line too. So I, I wouldn't say it's a automatic win for the Ravens right now. The one thing that's kind of a constant is the running game, at least from last year. Damian Pierce is still leading the group. They did also add Devin Singletary um, to, I think, spell him a decent amount. Uh, Mike Boone and Dario Uguale, I don't think we're going to see much of them. But Pierce fought real hard, hard runner, um, has a little bit of explosion. And I think he's a, a guy that, you know, for, with a rookie quarterback, they're going to try to lean on as long as there isn't a runaway lead by the Ravens. So I do think if you're like trying to game plan for them, Obviously, you always want to put up points, but I think that might be the best part of their offense at this point is the running game. And if we can kind of take that away by scoring a lot of points, I would be good. Yeah, Pierce was one of the the really cool stories uh, last year from a perspective of a rookie coming into the NFL and doing well. One of the few bright spots for the Texans last year, uh, there were a couple others, which we'll get to, that weren't as obvious. But uh, Pierce really st- uh, shown the most 
you know, obviously with, with fantasy football being the thing that it is, uh, Pierce was a guy who a lot of people were highlighting as a guy you could draft late round and and be a strong running back for you, allow you to, to draft all your receivers early. And in a sense, he did kind of do that. There was a couple stretches there where he was out, but um, very strong year. I remember we were talking with uh, with Coach Evans prior to the draft uh, that year, and and he was talking about about Pierce. I believe he said that he coached against him or something to that right. uh, nature, um, and how he was just a monster there. And we were looking at his tape, and and he looked like a guy who was going to come into this league. Uh, he had fresh legs. They really didn't run him a ton at Florida, and he did his thing his rookie year, and he should continue to build on that. Devin Singletary as their backup, I think, is interesting. Uh, it's really interesting that Singletary never took off. I remember his rookie year in Buffalo. Um, we were saying that he looked he looked pretty decent, like a guy who could be somewhat of a playmaker, and just really just never built on that. Um, I, I'd have you know maybe a change of scenery will do him good. Generally, a change of scenery into a team that's in year one of a rebuild uh, doesn't usually do you good, but you know <laughs> we'll see. Uh, at least another guy back there who should get touches. But yeah, I imagine that the Texans are going to rely heavily on uh, both of these guys, particularly out of the gates with Stroud. I did notice if you watch uh, CJ Stroud's preseason tape, uh, the Texans were running a lot of play action, a lot of boots. They're going to try and do that a lot. I have a feeling Stroud, give him the help he can get with that. The running game is going to be there. That's going to be something they're going to try. We'll see how much they're able to do that because this team is probably going to be playing from behind a lot. But when they can, I'm expecting they'll try and establish the run. Yeah, cutting the field in half, giving simple reads to the quarterback is always a nice idea. I do fear that the Ravens' defense is going to be a little too much for that, though, with the quality of safety we have. Like, even if something looks open... It's not going to be open. By the way, I love the video. We should put it in the show notes. The video that Kfish sent of the number one wide receiver for the Bengals. It was all these Ed Reed interceptions. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. That's, it kind of reminds me. It kind of reminds me of what I just talked about. You know, with the safeties like Roman and and like coming out of nowhere. Man, that guy was a highlight machine. The fact that there were so many awesome highlights just from Bengals games. Obviously, a division opponent. You play him twice a year, and there was a decent amount of them. But like. Holy cow. <laughs> like it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, a lot of interception returns on that video too. I could think of at least three, three of them, four of them, I think. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to add, uh, step back real quick for something. Uh, talk about Devin Singletary. I, I actually wanted to say I really liked that pickup by the Texans. I think, um, I guess I would kind of agree with you, Peter. I think it just wasn't, didn't really break out as the guy in Buffalo. Um Although, I don't know. Either they're just really bad at drafting running backs or there's just something up with their scheme that they're just not able to have any guy because, I mean, for years, like, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like I've been playing fantasy to try and pick up, like, any of the Buffalo running backs because if you pair, if you have anybody with any success with Josh Allen, like, yeah. they're going to get tons of points. But they've never really kind of had a guy break out. Do you have to go all. all the way back to McGahee? I'm trying to think. Maybe. Anyways, yeah. that, that's, we're talking yeah, about anyway. Singletary, not that defense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Gahey or um, uh, 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 Skittles, Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, for the one year. Um, anyway, yeah. No, but 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 Singletary, I, I was I was liked him. I mean, 
I think he had a pretty good yards per carry his rookie year. I mean, he played us really well. Um, you know, had a lot of uh, a lot of traits that we really liked. I remember talking about him uh, that first year on on our pod and uh, in the recap episode. We we thought he'd be good uh, good player for him, but never really kind of broke out. I mean, I think his yards per carry were okay. Um, obviously, you know, Buffalo felt like they need to take it in a different direction. They ended up drafting Moss and names escaping the other guy that drafted last year, um, who I also Cook um, James Cook. Um, but anyway, I, all that being said, I think, um, you know, he's a pass catching back. And I think that's probably the number one reason that they picked him up down in Houston is uh, to take advantage of that. I mean, I think he could be a really good safety blanket for Stroud. Um, I think pairing him with with Stroud, I think was a great move. I think it could it could help him out a lot. Uh, obviously, his matchup with the Ravens. I'm not sure if Singletary is a super favorable matchup. Obviously, we've got Roquan, we've got Queen. They both have speed. I think they can be able to cover that kind of back. But I, I think overall throughout the season, I feel like Singletary's got to have a pretty significant impact on this offense, um, both to spell Pierce, but also to, to take advantage of those um, matchups on third down. I think from a wide receiver's perspective, we kind of allude to it at the top. Obviously, they have Bobby Trees, Robert Woods there. A guy that people are boosting a lot is Nico Collins. He showed some good uh, <laughs> stats, advanced stats, to suggest that he might be about to break out. And then, of course, they added, um, I, would, I would honestly say three people. They drafted last year Mechie, who then was diagnosed with the, the blood cancer and was out, but he's apparently back in. Tank Dell was drafted this year in the second round, uh, which was... Uh, you know, nice shifty and flashy guy that we saw in the preseason. And then Xavier Hutchinson, another guy that like Matt Waldman, like for instance, more of a possession receiver. So they got four guys there that may be something, maybe nothing. And I'm curious to see the deployment of them, how they're going to use them. And then conversely, how the Ravens line up against them. What, you know, personnel packages we bring out. And I'm also curious to see, you know, who starts <laughs> corner for us? Like, I don't know if that's entirely clear. Yeah, definitely. This might end up being a easy assignment for this makeshift secondary. Now, of course, I, I expect there to be some, some misalignment at times, you know, some miscommunications in the secondary. Maybe there'll be a, an early timeout or something. It just because these, I'm sure the Ravens coaches are making it up as they go because of what happened with the injuries, you know, getting all these guys in late, it's tough for the defensive coordinator there to figure out what they're going to do. But honestly, you look at this wide receiver room here and it doesn't scare you from what you know, but like we're saying, some, one of these guys could break out. I mean, Tank Dell is a guy we know. Uh, Jason really liked his film. Uh, he liked him as a prospect. He looks like he could be someone as well. The other guys though, you look at it and I think Woods will be a, a good security blanket for Stroud on like short uh, intermediate throws, but he's not going to be a guy. He never was, even before the injury, a guy who was really a burner. He's more of a possession receiver with some speed. So at this stage in his career, you know, I don't really know what you're getting. But Collins and Brown are interesting. I think they could make some noise. They had a disappointing preseason from my understanding from what I've read. Uh, and another th- problem that really happened a lot in the preseason with this group was drops. Uh, that was something that a, a lot of, of Texans uh, beat writers pointed out was that the, the stat lines that the quarterbacks had, like their completion percentage should have been a lot better. 
because they threw several catchable p- passes in those games that were just dropped by a, a multitude of these guys. So that's something that I'm sure the Texans coaches are going to want to have them cleaned up by <laughs> by this game. I mean, that's kind of stating the obvious, but that is is something that that could hurt Stroud in his first game. You know, he's he's going to want some easy targets, some easy completions, and if these young guys aren't aren't getting them for him, uh, that things could unravel pretty quickly in that case. Yeah, I think the number one thing for me uh, in terms of kind of like a matchup here is um, finding a balance between the Ravens wanting to take advantage of Stroud's inexperience and you know taking some risks, uh, particularly with like the safeties. I think Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton, like trying to figure out how they balance keeping the miscommunications down and keeping everybody on assignment and then knowing when to break and, you know, making a play on the ball and, you know, maybe trying to, you know, uh, confuse Stroud with some alignment and stuff like that. Cause yeah, I, I agree. Like if, <laughs> if this wide receiver group were the Ravens, of, of course, I'm sure you'd have people be like, you know, like, Oh yeah, there's like tons of potential here, but I look at the names and I'm just like, well, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. They're top 100, 200 wide receivers or something sure their name their names basically they're they're just guys but we have no idea they're just potential at this point so i mean if you want a team of you know of crochets and and duvernays i guess like sure i mean do that with what you will i guess so it doesn't really scare you from from that perspective so even though the ravens don't have a ton of corners right now and there's a lot of question marks on that side it should be a matchup that as long as they do their assignments and don't blow any coverages you should be fine. And, you know, if I were the Ravens, I would take, you know, I would take these sort of short completions all day, as long as you, you know, uh, try to make a play on the ball, tackle the guy, um, limit the yak. Um, as long as you do that, I think, I think the Ravens would take that every single day. But as soon as you, you know, get caught looking for the ball and you're wrong, I think Stroud has the talent. I think some of these guys, like, you know, some of the receivers on their side, like, I'm sure that they can make plays, right? So you just can't put yourself in a position where you let those things up. Because certainly that, you know, you don't want to put the Ravens in a situation like that, even with the offense. I mean, we're excited about the offense, but, you know, getting down a touchdown, two touchdowns, like, the only thing we know from the Ravens is from the Greg Roman offense. And we know that playing from behind in that offense, at least, (laughs) didn't really work out uh, too well. So, um, you know, I just... If I were the Ravens, try to keep this simple. You know, don't overlook the opponent. Just try not to 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 take too many risks in in, in that area because I think that's one place where this game could, could just blow open really, really easy. Yeah, I think that the Texans' path to victory, if they have one in this game, that the Ravens will have to make sure that they keep them out of is if they if they control the time of possession. And there is a route where they could do that. You know, if Stroud gets in a groove doing these long churning drives where you're throwing these, these short dinks to woods and to Schultz that are connecting and you're getting just enough out of, out of Pierce. He's out, you know, he's getting like three, four yards a carry and you, you, they get these sustained drives and, and take the ball out of the Ravens hands and the Ravens, you know, with Lamar being having his first action since November and first time running the Todd Monk in offense in a, a prime situation, you know, real football that I think is is how the Texans could um, make this game close. I again don't want to be overconfident. I don't see a path for them winning in this in this game with rookie, you know, D'Amico Ryan's first first game as a head coach. Uh, C.J. Stroud, I, I like some aspects of him. I think he's 
his accuracy is really good. Again, I think that's something that could help them, particularly against what will be our makeshift secondary. Um, but, you know, that seems to be, the, for me, to be that'll be the path for them. You know, if they're able to get a ball control game where they've got the time of possession and they're making the offense simple for Stroud and Pierce, that's a, a slow burn, That that's the route that they could make this game interesting. Yeah, I was looking at it. So it's a 10-point favorite, the Ravens are, uh, implied score of, of 27 to 17. And it kind of puts what you said into perspective, Peter, of they, I guess they, they do inspect the Texans to somehow put together some scores. And the real way that they would be able to, I think, do that is if we got greedy. Like you kind of said, Chris, like safeties are getting greedy. They want to get their picks. <laughs> and then before you know it, like Tank Dell's behind them. And, they, and you know they, he's, he's a quick guy. <laughs> so I think that's that's just the the path for um, for them to try to win, and I think the big way kind of transition now to the to the defense uh, of the Texans is for our new offense to you know exploit them. But they have some good players. They do have some good players, and obviously with the new head coach that's defensive minded, uh, you can see this group being pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I guess to start out with. They they have a guy on their defense that you drafted this year, Will Anderson, out of uh, Alabama, right? He's out of Bama? Yeah. Who is expected to just be a, a physical freak at this level. 6'4", 243, uh, just had a huge amount of sacks and tackles for loss at Alabama. So this will be his first NFL action, and it would not be unheard of for him to have you know a good game. This is someone I think the offensive line is going to have to know where he is at at all times and make sure that the coverage is there, or the protection, rather. He's a guy I think he should make a, a big splash. So he's the number one guy I'm looking at, even though he's just going to be a rookie playing his first game, that I think could disrupt the these guys. I know he had a good game against Miami in the preseason, uh, even in limited action, but outside of that, I, I, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, that guy is going to be a problem for the offensive line, uh, even though it'll be his first game. That's how good this guy is. Will Anderson was a player that Eric DeCoste even referenced in their pre-draft ceremony, the Liars Luncheon. They were like, yeah, you know, if Will Anderson falls to us, I guess we just have to take him. <laughs> you know, like kind of a, noting how good of a player he was uh, and the, you know, the first player that came to mind to him as a, a person that would be ridiculous to fall down and and be excellent. And the Texans definitely believe it too. They went up and traded to the third overall pick after picking Stroud second. Um, they traded their 12th round pick, their 33rd overall pick, and the first rounder for next year and a third rounder for the year after. Uh, they also got a fourth rounder that year, but uh, this year. But yeah, they, I mean, they threw a lot of draft assets to be able to go up and grab Will Anderson, who a lot of people think was, you know, not only one of the top defensive players in this class, but a guy that would have been top of many classes for years. So he could be a, a real transcendent player for them. You know, you get your hopeful quarterback of the future, your hopeful edge rusher of the future. And that's like a really good starting point for a, uh, a franchise trying to rebuild. It's definitely an interesting move um, because yeah, just looking at their defense, I mean, obviously, you know, um, Anderson being a really high pick uh, Stingley was their first round selection from the previous year. He was also a very high pick. I think he was at top five. I think he was um, third. Just taken, he was yeah, third, third yeah, overall. He was, yeah, yep. he was third, third overall as well. Yeah, yeah. We're Tied right for the four. highest uh, ever ever drafted for uh, uh, or ever selected for a cornerback. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously they have those two guys. 
Um, but, you know, I'm looking through the rest of the roster and I'm like, my goodness, you know, there's just a lot of names I don't recognize. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the Texans have been also a, you know, defensive franchise, you know, since their, um, their founding. And, you know, they've, they've been able to kind of roll out some good defenses over the years. Um, but it, you know, to me, at least on the surface, like, seems like a really, really, um, shallow, uh, defense overall, just, you know, a couple of star players. Um, and then a couple of other guys that are kind of around it. Um, we'll obviously see, I mean, I think D'Amico, like, again, going back to D'Amico Ryan's, like picking a defensive uh, coach to be your head coach, you know, that could help in the short term. Um, obviously, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's, you know, had a ton of success over in San Francisco. So, you know, they can get those guys playing, but, I just kind of wanted to bring it up just in in terms of just the decision to go up and get Will Anderson. I, you know, hopefully he is that guy for them, um, that, that sort of transcendent player, because I feel like if he's anything less that, um, you know, I feel like uh, if, if hindsight was 2020, I, I'd look back at that and be like, well, I'd really like to have that draft capital from 2024 to be able to bolster this defense on some of these other positions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting that, you, you reminded us that this Houston Texans uh, team used to be such a stalwart with defense. Um, I, I And I think that might be part of why they brought D'Amico Ryans in is maybe to get back to that identity because really the past couple seasons, they just haven't been that, particularly um, rushing defense. I mean, last year they were the worst rushing defense in the league. 2021, the third worst. 2020, worst rushing defense in the league. 2019, they were a little better but still in in the bottom 10 in the league it's it's act been a little bit since this team honestly back with ryan there yeah they were one of the best defensive teams in the league and then that continued when they had had watt there there were a, a lot of other really strong defensive players on those texans defenses a, a lot of names I'm, I'm forgetting just because you know houston texans are honestly a team i, I care nothing about but <laughs> um yeah, but the past few seasons, they really have not been that. And again, they I think this is another thing that, you you know, you draft, have put all that draft capital in with your quarterback. Everyone talks about, well, how you need to protect him with the offensive line and give him some people to throw to. Well, you also got to give him a defense that is going to, to make the game at least manageable, you know, at least within a, a shot of winning. And right now, it does not seem like the Texans have that. Now, We'll see with the change in defensive coordinator with Ryan coming in if that that'll help get them back in the right direction this season. But it still seems like a lot to ask of year one of this, and certainly a lot to ask out of the gate, right? So I I hear with what you're saying with Anderson, it is a gamble. It is a gamble. But again, I think what we're talking about with how good of a prospect this guy is, the Texans see what they were what they were able to do with building around J.J. Watt. I think that they want to try and do the same thing with Anderson. And Anderson, quite honestly, is a guy who his ceiling projects to be a J.J. Watt type player, maybe even better. It, it, that's how crazy his uh, his profile is. So, yeah, I, I like the move. I like the move. I think it is smart for them to try and build around him. If they drafted Stingley last year as well, we'll talk about Stingley because it's kind of interesting, but. Yeah, I agree. Outside of Stingley and Anderson, those are the big names. There's some other solid names here, but a lot of it is a lot of question marks. A lot of it are guys I had to look up. I did not know Malik Collins. I did not know Jonathan Greenwood. I did not know a lot of these guys. Uh, So this is definitely a defense in transition. 
uh, from a culture that was once very proud on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, the real test will be how much the Ravens offense is able to exploit this defense. I'm curious if Jalen Petrie is going to have himself a good game. Um, he's a kind of an ascending player. And uh, also, it seems as though Denzel Perryman, middle of their defense, middle linebacker, is a pretty good player. So with those pieces over the middle, you could see – like. He, we know that he loves to talk or love to throw over the middle in Roman's offense. We'll see how much more of the field is used in this new offense. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good first test. Obviously you would love to do, have a, a test like this is about as favorable of a matchup as you could ask for. Maybe yeah, the Cardinals would have been better <laughs> in week one, but uh, yeah, this is a pretty good matchup for this offense to start getting, um, you know, it's identity in place and, um, just looking also at their defensive line and, and all that, I, I actually could see J.K. Dobbins and crew running for a good amount of yards against this team. Oh, I think you give everyone a shot. I think you give Dobbins some carries. I think he gets Edwards some carries. I think you give Hill some carries. And honestly, just I am questioning how much of the passing offense we're going to see in this game just because of how abysmal the Texans' uh, rushing defense has been the past three seasons. You're not fixing that in one off season. So even if they are going to be slightly better this year, I don't think it's going to be by much. So again, we talked about the Texans' path to victory. We might just see a, a big ball control game from from us as well. You know, maybe not put that much of the new passing concepts on film. Wait for that against Cincinnati, um, or, you know, uh, or Cleveland. Maybe just not show your hand that much. I. It could be the what they do. It, well, it would be a little boring. It's just it doesn't seem to me in in most permutations that you could play this game that the Ravens will need to pass a ton to be successful against this defense unless they just want to run up the score, you know, which, again, you could make an argument for that. You know, Lamar and the offense just getting ready and uh, figuring out how these concepts work in, in a real game environment against an opponent that you should be able to do pretty well against but but even then like the Texans pass defense last year was okay was that because their rush defense was just so bad teams really didn't need to pass that much I mean kind of hard to tell Derek Stingley I, I said we'd circle back to him he's really interesting because he was a, a big prospect last year I know he was on our short board for guys we were interested in the Ravens getting uh from what I'm seeing online Texans fan base very lukewarm to this guy I think a lot of it has to stem with how well of a season uh, Sauce Gardner had on the Jets. And I think a lot of Texans fans said that at, during the draft, they wanted Gardner over Stingley. So I don't know if some of, if, is it how bad Stingley was or is it just because Stingley wasn't Gardner who had an amazing year and, you know, a fine rookie season is still, it still means you'll project fine as, as a, can still mean that you'll project fine as a player. But of course, perils in comparison. If you got a guy over there who, who did that well, so that that is, I'm really interested in seeing. Um, and then the rest of the secondary is really interesting. Desmond King was a veteran guy for this Texans defense for the past couple seasons. Did well by all accounts, and the Texans uh, cut him, and the Steelers picked him up. So we'll see him this year uh, twice, presuming health. Uh, and the rest of the guys you got here, uh, Shaquille Griffin's been around the league for a while. Um, Steven Nelson, it's, yeah, this secondary, we'll have to see how good Stingley is. And then outside of that, I've got a lot of questions here. I, I'll admit that I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like letting a guy like King go, um, 
I mean, it just it kind of tells me that they're definitely still in rebuild mode. Um, and uh, I, I was going to mention to you with like Stingley versus uh, Gardner. Look, man, I mean, the, the number one difference between the Houston Texans franchise and the New York Jets, the Jets have a good roster. And if anybody doesn't agree with that, they're just not looking at the team, um, Frank, to be frank. But I mean, their their roster is really, really good, um, particularly on their defense, man. I mean, I mean, you know, we played them week one. Was it last year? Uh, last year yeah week one yeah, yeah week one last year i mean their defensive line is ridiculous um they got a lot of good guys on there and you know they only added to it with um you know with gardner um and their their offense too they're finally now they they've got rogers like they've got so many pieces around um you know in the running back room receiver room like that's a good team and <laughs> i think the jets they could have drafted stingley or gardner and they probably would have been a good choice i think probably wouldn't matter for, te- for the Texans. I just, I don't think that their roster is the same. They're, they're definitely, you know, year one, year two into that rebuild. Um, whereas the Jets are probably like, you know, three, four years in. So they're, 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 they're an ascending team. Right. Um, Which is also a better situation for a rookie cornerback, right? Let's exactly. be honest. Yeah. He, he had better yeah. players around him. So I think that's also another thing where it's kind of hard to grade Stingley, you know, yeah. he's in a, in a no win situation. So, Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's got talent, and you know, another guy that they also drafted the same class, uh, Jalen Petrie, um, also a pretty talented guy. Um, I remember he he was interesting. He was one of those kind of hybrid players. I think we were considering looking at him at corner, um, but he kind of projected that be like a, you know, maybe slot corner, maybe safety. Um, if I recall, I think actually Jason, I remember him talking um, that Petrie would kind of be projected as a safety. Ended up being in that uh that role um i believe now has their free safety uh starting spot locked down so um he's another guy he's got some talent um obviously we liked him on film as well um so yeah i mean you know they've they've got guys who have talent it really just comes down to just like they have enough of it to be able to you know handle all the weapons and did they have the right coach in place to get these guys playing well um and to try and improve um over what we saw last year um, at the very least, I'll say Ryan's like, I, he's shown enough to me in San Francisco that I think he's going to be an upgrade over Lovey Smith. Um, Lovey was a great coach, you know, <laughs> back way back when, um, had a lot of good seasons over in Chicago, but, um, to be honest, like, I mean, his game is just dated, uh, it just really is not cut out for the modern NFL, um, if I recall, I mean, when he was the head coach over in Tampa a couple of years ago, it's very similar. He kind of took over, and that defense just was not good at all. Um, and then, you know, I ended up getting Bruce Arians in there and, you know, a couple moves at Tom Brady, and they end up winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, um, I don't think Lovey was the guy, even though he was a defensive-minded head coach. So um, we'll see. But you know, if, if if I were a Texans fan, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too down. I'd be optimistic. I just want to see what we have, um, and hope that Ryan's can get the best out of uh, all these young players. I think that takes us into our bold and score predictions. Fun to bring this back, update the spreadsheet, get it going again. And uh, I'm curious what you guys are thinking for bold predictions. I think I have mine, but if anyone else wants to go first, feel free. Let's let's uh, first go back to last year and and, and remember. How how bold were we? How many bold predictions actually hit? <laughs> I'm looking at this. It looks like Alec might have had three, Chris had one, and I had zero. So we went we went very bold last year. Very bold. Yeah, supreme boldness. 
supreme boldness. Oh, man. Alex, bold prediction week one last year. Dobbins has an explosive run of 50 yards, man. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> that's that's amusing for so many reasons now. <laughs> one year retrospect. Yeah. Pepe won INT for Peter, and then Chris said Marcus and Kyle won INT each. And I think Marcus had two, right? Or he had one? So Marcus he had did one. Mar- Marcus had one. Uh, Kyle Hamilton did not. So yeah. Chris he's never had an interception, almost. which is crazy. He had that one on the got called that call back, but uh, he'll get his interceptions right. this year. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. If I recall, actually, Marcus almost had two, but um, I think he must have. I think he caught it out of bounds or something. Mm. But <clears throat> but yeah, he was he was on a um, he was on a streak those first couple of games. Nevertheless, we didn't count it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and get us started. Um, so we didn't talk much about uh, this um, during the during the show here, just because of uh, you know we're not sure um, you know what the Ravens uh, what they're going to try and do. Are they going to lean more on the run game or maybe go to the pass game? But I'm going to say uh, for me, I'm, I'm going to say um, Odell Beckham gets his first touchdown as a Raven. For me, it feels bold because you know I feel like I've talked about this on the show. Like Odell, I'm a little bit not as high on as some other people. Um, just not like a player I'm like super excited about. But that being said, like. He uh, really has seemed to kind of be the face of this wide receiver group, um, and I think the Ravens are want to get him involved, um, and so I think that they'll try to get him involved early. So I'm going to say he gets his first touchdown. Nice. I am also going to go uh, with a touchdown prediction, and I'm going to go ultra bold here because there's a man we really love, we're really excited to see, Mr. Zay Flowers, and I'm going to go so bold as to say that Zay Flowers will catch Lamar's first touchdown pass of the 2023 season, and it'll be in this game. Nice. Fun. I think that's I think that's plenty bold because there's a lot of great pass catchers that could, you know, do that. So, Like Odell. Could be like Odell. Odell. Could be Odell. Could be, could be Bateman. Could be Mark Andrews come back to practice tomorrow. Could be Likely. Could be anybody. So, uh, Nelson. Lots of options. Dobbins. Ooh. All right, here's my bold prediction. I'm going to flip it to the uh, defensive side of the ball. I'm going to say not only does Clowney get a sack, but it's a little bit of a a sack show. And I'm going to say Clowney gets a sack in a four-plus sack game. You know what? We didn't really talk about him much, but um, I I actually did want to bring him up after uh, after your take about Will Anderson-Peter because, um, you know, as as much as the Texans want to try and recreate J.J. Watt, Will Anderson could also be a Jadavian Clowney. And Clowney, he has longevity. <laughs> He's been around a while, but he was not a first overall pick. So He was not, no. <laughs> so, you know, the Texans have a history of both. We'll see what happens. Obviously, Will Anderson's a very different player, but um but uh but yeah. Uh I'm I'm with it. I'm with it now the Clowney's on the Ravens. I'm with it if we want to get him a, get him a sack his his first game. I think that's like the part of the parlay that's going to bust me. You know, if we're talking about betting here, like I wouldn't be surprised if we get four sacks and Clowney's not one of them. You know, you get yeah, Travis yeah. Jones in the middle. I, I, that's why I made it. That was my bold part. You know, I, I think four sacks is a little like right. easy, not bold, mild, yeah. temperate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We spent five minutes talking about how beat up their offensive line is. Oh, but, and it was going to be really bold to say that the Ravens will get sacks on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think it's, I think it's the Clowney part that's going to make it a little, yeah. a little dicey. But anyways, plus, the player <laughs> we'll go ahead now and it's like the home run prediction i never bet you know <laughs> like who's gonna hit a home run tonight i don't know <laughs> somebody probably but <laughs> darn if i know 
All right. For score prediction, like I mentioned, 10 point favorites, implied score of 27 to 17. And uh, yeah, I guess for me, I'm going to say it's a little bit more than that for the Ravens, a little less than that for the Texans. I think the Texans score six points. I think the Ravens put up 30. So bet the under. I think the Ravens are going to pull away from this one too. Um, six points seems a little low for me. I was My uh, prediction is going to be 27-13 Ravens. Nice. Yeah, I think we're all going to predict a Ravens win. It's not a shock. I think there will be very few people picking Texans. I think those people will be, I don't know who they'll be beyond insane Texan super fans who know nothing but optimism because their team's been a bit of a letdown the past few years. I do think that our secondary issues uh, could make things a little dicey at times. And I think... By the time the fourth quarter comes, I could see the Texans getting into a little bit of a groove and getting some uh, cleanup, mop-up uh, points. So I'm going to go 34-16 to 16 Ravens. Texans get two touchdowns, fail a two-point conversion. Well, excellent. Lots of fun. Hope that this game is good weather. That's another part we didn't really talk about. You know, it's a little early in the week. It does have a little bit of a chance of rain. Hoping that's not the case. Hope it's nice, clear skies okay temperature hopefully not burning that's gonna be a that could be a thing early september on the sunny side of the stadium so don't forget your uh sunscreen (laughs) y'all and uh yeah but it was definitely fun to to preview this game have chris back on the show beautiful thing and uh we'll catch you next week with hopefully another ravens win to start off the season one and oh they love doing that have a big showing for the home crowd you can find us on x at one winning pod and you can find us on email, onewaypod at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Go Ravens.